0: What's up, friends? Welcome to Web3 Academy, a place for entrepreneurs, creators, and marketers to explore and learn how to use Web3 to transform business models and create thriving communities. Enjoy this next episode.
1: GM, GM, welcome to Web3 Academy. It is the weekly roll-up. I'm Jay Bird coming at you from Tuscany, Italy today. And as always,
0: joined by my co-host. What's up, Kai? What's going on? I feel like we should have a glass of wine. You're in Tuscany. I'm in Portugal. Like, it seems like the perfect uh, opportunity for a little glass of wine on the roll-up. Maybe next week? Maybe. Maybe
1: what we should do, uh, that makes me think of the um, the Kevin Rose and Tim Ferriss random show where they both get drunk and do a podcast together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <That> sounds fun. <laughs> Uh, be quick what's uh, on the podcast quick we're waiting too long the algorithms aren't gonna like this (laughs) (laughs) All right, today on the show, we've got the first U.S.
1: treasury sanction of a crypto protocol. What's going on? Everyone's probably heard about Tornado Cash. We're going to break it down and give you everything you need to know. Second up, Reddit has launched community tokens on the blockchain, on Ethereum. Their community tokens are now on-chain using Arbitron Nova and partnered with FTX. We're going to tell you all about that. Uh, Third, Moonbirds moves to CC0. Uh, What the heck is CC0? We're going to talk about that and what this means and why it's really important for the NFT space as a whole as we figure out IP. We're going to talk about the ETH merge. Final testnet is completed. It happened today, actually, earlier today before this recording. Super stoked about that. Uh, And there's unfortunately a little bit of ETH Merge FUD happening, uh, but that's all good. We're going to explain that. We're going to break that down. Um, And uh, yeah, before we jump in, though, Kai, what's the, uh, oh, we're going to do, I was going to say, what's the web three or the week, but first, I always forget,
0: gratitude gratitude uh what is my gratitude today i said what we can't do for gratitude and now i need to figure out what my gratitude is i never even thought about it uh but my gratitude is uh good coffee so where we were uh for the last week we didn't have the greatest coffee our, our boy raul our our tweet our tweet tour as people will call it our thread or <laughs> uh he was he's a he's a coffee um what do you call that coffee snob <laughs> and connoisseur. uh connoisseur sure And he was just saying how bad the coffee was where we were last week. And then um, we all flew out, left Eddie Satter where we were, and back in Lisbon. And you have a beautiful flat white this morning and yesterday, actually. And, um, man, it's good. It just hits so nice, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Once it hits your lips, it just tastes so good. (laughs) What about you? What are you grateful for? Uh, I'm grateful for road trips.
1: Uh, And I guess I got to give a shout out to, uh, I'm grateful for the FIAT, Uh, I've never had a D Fiat. Said like I'm totally not a noob when it comes to Fiats. Uh, I've never driven a Fiat before. Uh, Arrived in Florence yesterday, rented a a Fiat and drove from Florence to Tuscany, where I am right now, uh, for my friends, shout out Dan and Kim for their wedding this weekend. And man, if you get on the open road and you got some tunes going and you're in like a new country where you don't visit... Literally, it's the most magical thing. Like, I, it's so incredible. I, I, Sam and I were laughing because we're like, we're like, oh my gosh, look at that that tree over there is so beautiful. Look at that hill. Oh my gosh, it's just spectacular. You know, and you're thinking like, if if a, if an Italian person saw that, they'd be like, yeah, So what? It's a it's a tree on a hill. What's the big deal? But you know, when you're on the road trip, it's new. It's exciting uh so it was a good good reminder you know see things with new eyes appreciate everything as if it's new and you're seeing it for the first time and uh that'll make you make you pretty happy about everything
0: i love it i love it road trips are the best yes. all right web three word of the week what do you got for us kai i don't even know how to say this word so does it count as the web three word of <laughs> the week but the web three word problem. of the week is is girly go early go go early <laughs> i don't know what it is um, <laughs> whatever it is it's the test net of ethereum and it is now a proof of stake test net as it was merged um last night for those of you in est uh this morning early morning for us in europe mm-hmm. at the moment um it had uh and yeah it's merged and it's good and um we're on to the next and we're gonna talk more about this at the end of the show or nearing the end of the show. But um, go early <laughs> is the Web3 word of the week. And then basically, we're never going to have to say this word again once we actually do the full merge. It talks <laughs> about testnet. All right. All right. So let's, let's jump into the news. What do we got? Well, we'll start with the biggest one of the week. Um, if you've probably heard that Tornado mm-hmm. Cash has been sanctioned by the U.S. Department of the Treasury. Um, So this is pretty crazy and still a developing story somewhat. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me break it down a little bit though. Tornado Cash is basically, it's a protocol on Ethereum. It's on a few of the layer twos as well. Um, But basically what you can do with it is you can send in ETH um, and it sort of mixes it up with everyone else's ETH that's in there. And then you can send it out to another address. And basically all it is, is is, um, allowing you to send a transaction in a private manner. So in case you want to donate and you don't want anyone to know that you're donating, or that it's mm-hmm. from you specifically. Um, you can use Tornado Cash to do this. Now, um, one of the big issues that has is, arose from this, of course, this is a way where you can um, you can sort of launder money, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, um, you know, the Ronin hack, which happened. I think it was like six hundred million dollars was mm-hmm. hacked from the Ronin bridge. Um, they put like hundreds of millions through Tornado Cash, and that's how they could get their their ETH out, um, and no one knew who like what wallet it was going to. There's like six, at least six big hacks that have happened in the last like six months that have all gone through Tornado Cash. Um, I think it's something close to 37% of all transactions on Tornado Cash or all volume on Tornado Cash, I guess, uh, is from these illicit sources from hackers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this sanction basically from the US Treasury, what this is, is it's technically a sanction on the company that built Tornado Cash. But then they've stepped it out further of anyone who actually uses this Tornado Cash. Now, they can't just like shut down the protocol. It's a decentralized protocol. So there's not really anything they can do in terms of that. Tornado Cash can't even shut it down um, because it just lives on Ethereum on a decentralized platform. What they can do, however, is shut down the front end of Tornado Cash, which is the UX, like the the, the page that we actually would all use. Um, Anyone can still go interact uh, with Tornado Cash, the protocol. You just Mm -hmm. can't do it on the front end of, of the website. Now, the way that they've worded the sanction is like basically anything that ties into it is sanctioned. Um, so it would have to go through some uh, some courting procedure and stuff. But basically, they have their bases covered here. Um, but you know what's interesting is they can shut down the front end site because, well, that's basically hosted on AWS probably. So they can just tell Amazon, hey, you got to shut that down, right? Mm-hmm. Um And, but they can't, again, can't do anything to the protocol, but what they can do that kind of is screwing up the um, ecosystem a little bit is for example, USDC, you, people use that to, um, to sort of mix up the USDC and send donations or whatever. And so USDC is a centralized company. So they can go to USDC and say, Hey, you have to um, basically blacklist every address that's ever used tornado cash with the USDC specifically. So they've done that. Um, they went to Microsoft who owns uh, GitHub, which is GitHub is how a lot of the devs and um, and projects um, have their like repository and stuff for all their core code, their source code. Um, mm-hmm. So again, they can tell Microsoft to shut down any addresses that have interacted with Tornado Cash um, via GitHub. So a lot of people's wallets have been blacklisted. Their assets have been basically frozen. Their code is even frozen. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty crazy. Um, but it, I mean, I guess it is what it is. Now, the interesting thing from this is like sanctions are fairly normal. We've we've seen that happen this year, of course, with what happened in, in Russia. But sanctions are usually to a specific person, to mm-hmm. a, a country or to a corporation. Um, mm-hmm. This is the first time there's ever been a sanction on a piece of code, which is just language. And so like Most people think of code as speech. It's just a language. It just happens to be in type form rather than like me speaking. And so this is a sanction on speech, which is very odd. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of people unhappy about this. um, And we're not really sure what's going to go on with this, but a lot of the big lawyers in the space are saying this is going to go to court. This is actually something Mm -hmm. they can't do. It infringes on Americans' rights. Um, I guess, by the way, this is only for people who are American uh, and Mm -hmm. American companies. Um, now, um, what's interesting is I just want everyone to understand what else you can do with tornado cash other than, you know, laundering money. Okay. Right. This it's is not, not, just not just
1: used illegally, right? It's, exactly. it's also used legitimately in a lot of ways. There's, there's good use cases for it.
0: Right. You think about a public transparent blockchain. It means that you get to see every single transaction that ever happens. Right. That's as good as that is for like businesses. So we can keep them accountable, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's probably things you want to do that you don't want everyone to know you did, right? And so just here's a list of them. Some of these things that are completely legal, they should have no issues doing them, um, but now they are legal illegal if you use tornado cash. So getting paid in crypto and you don't want your employer knowing all your financial details, meaning how much you have, how much money you have. You pay for a service in ETH and don't want them to be able to see everything you've ever done on chain, right? You're worried they might not let you join that super secret chat if they know your wealth came from aping into, this person says, Ass rocket um, 69 <laughs> You've been, <laughs> uh, this is Riza Jaffrey. Uh, you've been doxxed and are being harassed online, right? You mm-hmm. want to donate to a polarizing cause. So maybe you want to donate to something, but you don't necessarily want everyone to see. This is mm-hmm. big for like politicians and things, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to anonymously gift me 1000 ETH, which you could also do to me, karita.eth. Um, (laughs) I think I show it on every episode. I haven't got anything yet, though. You got anything Um, yet? (laughs) Nothing yet, no. Uh, what else do we have? You're bothered by the thought that everyone who knows your address knows more about your wealth than most of your close friends and family members. Um, so basically there's a bunch of reasons why you might want to send money. Um, and you don't necessarily want everyone to know it. And so of course you should have something like tornado cash that allows you to do that. Now, unfortunately there are people who use it and for bad things, but like, Okay, so we're gonna sanction um, tornado cash. Well, in order for tornado cash to work, we need the protocol SMTP and HTTP and IMTP to work, right? These are the protocols of the internet. Those protocols are required for tornado cash. So should we sanction those two? There are mm-hmm. people using SMTP in the internet to launder money. So let's sanction that, right? It just kind of doesn't really make any sense. So what's really funny of what's kind of happened from this now is someone and we don't know who where is this i have it up here someone yeah. is moving eth from tornado cash um so these banned addresses and stuff to people uh that are like big people in the space so brian armstrong the ceo of coinbase someone sent him uh, tainted eth to his wallet address now technically he should and i guess the the punishment if you do interact with this stuff or have ever done it is 30 years in jail So like, are they really going to go and take Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, to jail? They've sent it to Jimmy Fallon, Shaquille O'Neal, Puma, Randy Zuckerberg, Brian Armstrong, Steve Aoki, Ukraine Crypto Donation, Dave Chappelle, Beeple. So someone just had like a heyday and started sending it to everyone. And it's like, they're not going to be able to handle all this. And really, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what I think is going to happen is, first of all, it's probably going to court. It's going to take years and years and years for them to figure anything out here. Um, hopefully in the meantime, like hopefully in the meantime, this stops hackers. Cause like now what do hackers do? If they steal mm-hmm. money, they have less chance to like get away with it, I guess. Um, but I mean, anyone could fork this tomorrow and then boom, you have a new one. There will probably be like 20, 30 forks in the next year. That's my guess. We'll see what happens there. Um, but The other thing is wait until regulators learn about ZK proofs. We just had Polygon on, uh, on our podcast. I think that, no, that actually came out just this week, which is Mm -hmm. all about making blockchains private, right? Zero knowledge, proving things without proving the rest of it. So this is a regulator's worst nightmare and it's about to become mainstream across all blockchains. And so (laughs) I think they just haven't really figured out what's going on yet. They're just not fully down the rabbit hole, but once everything goes ZK, they're done, you know? Um, so. I don't think this is a big deal in the long run, to be honest, like, yes, it sucks for any of the developers that can't access their code and people can't access their funds. Um, that's not ideal, but I think one thing we're learning here is we need to decentralize everything, right? The front ends need to be decentralized. We need to decentralize Mm. cloud. We need to decentralize the code source, um, like tools that we use. Like we need to decentralize everything uh, and it's it's happening i mean there already are you know um a cash for example is a decentralized cloud service a provider mm-hmm. it's a protocol um so like they're all coming it's just i mean we're still so early it's taking time but once everything's decentralized there's there's nothing they can do about it so mm-hmm. we'll see where this goes crazy
1: yeah i think that uh it's a it's a first step that had to happen and as you said long term it's it's probably not going to stick it's going to get caught up in courts and it'll probably end up and and i'll bet you they even know that this will not let this will not pass in the court system but you know i think they had a clear objective to stop the fraud and hacking side which as you said was what 30 40 percent of tornado cash something like yeah somewhere between there we don't actually know but yeah so i mean they were targeting that 30 to 40 percent and you know they aim to take that down and that 30 to 40 percent alone is what like uh 200 million dollars
0: more than that $7 billion of total volume has gone through tornado cash in the last, I think it's, I think it launched in 2019, um, which is insane. So, um, right. So, I mean,
1: you're, you're stopping, you know, well, you're actually not impacting that, that money, that money's already gone through. Right. But you're, you're stopping, you know, those, all those wallets from doing future transactions and doing it in a fraudulent way. And, you know and also it's funny because we talk about dipping our toes into web 3 so much and we talk about it from the business sense this is kind of what the government is doing they're just dipping their toes right. this is one that they could do without you know yeah they're getting a lot of backlash in the in the fact that this is freedom of speech and that but like also they get some support because it is tornado cash and there is some negative actors right. some bad actors in there and so they're dipping their toes and they're going to see what happens right you know it, the same idea They also
0: this happens with every new industry. It's not even just crypto or blockchain. This happened with the internet. It happens mm. with healthcare. It happens with yeah. insurance. It happened with financial service. It happens with every single new industry because it's just what regulators have to do to try to like figure things out. And then they've got to go too yeah. far and then they got to back up and go too far and back up. I think that's just how it works. So, I mean, it's not a big deal in the long run. Um, it is what it is. Who cares? Let's keep moving along. What's next, Jay? <laughs>
1: Okay, next up, we've got uh, Reddit is tokenizing, they're putting their community points on chain, they're doing this with Arbitrum Nova, Arbitrum, I always say Arbitrum, Arbitrum Nova, uh, which is a layer two. And they're doing it in partnership with FTX. And so they, I believe they launched Community Points a few years ago. Uh, and essentially, Community Points was a way for them to reward and recognize the key contributors in a community. So if you're in a Reddit community, then you can gain community points for being one of the best contributors, which there's a ranking board, and then it shows you rise to the top and it shows, hey, here's who the best contributors are to this community, which is super valuable, right? And And the problem with it is because it's not on chain, it's not interoperable, it's not, you can't transfer it anywhere else. So you can earn all these community points in one community in Reddit, and you can't take that with you anywhere. You can't prove that you had this great contribution, but with this move on chain, you will now be able to move this with you across the chain and into other communities and into potentially other places in the future that recognize and value Reddit community points. Uh, So, so, you know, big news and exciting to see, I think it will onboard a lot more people into Web3. Yeah.
0: So what Reddit is doing basically is it's only with two of their communities to start. Mm -hmm. So it's with um, the cryptocurrency community, r slash (laughs) cryptocurrency it's called, and r slash Fortnite something. Um, So it's Fortnite, which is huge. Uh, But they did this, they launched this like a few years ago, and I think they did it on a Ethereum, but I'm not sure it was like exactly on chain. I don't, I don't exactly know how they did it, um, but they started it as a test. And then in, back in 2021, they announced that they were going to build on a layer two um, mm-hmm. and they finally have chosen Arbitrum Nova, which is one we talked about just a couple of weeks ago and um, explained the difference between that and Arbitrum, um, Arbitrum one. And so um, this is big because social tokens are huge. As you said, they're going to mm-hmm. onboard a bunch of new people in the space. I mean, social tokens are you know, in this way, anyway, are similar to NFTs, right? So NFTs, especially community-based ones are basically a social token, but they're fungible or sorry, non-fungible. These are just non, these are fungible tokens, um, for communities. And I think mm-hmm. this is going to be massive. Um, and I mean, we already sort of see it with DAOs, uh, but this is going to be really big and Reddit is obviously huge. They have 400 and what, 50- 50 million people, I think, using Reddit. Um, And so when you can tokenize those communities, it's going to be crazy. Um, What The partnership they have with FTX, though, is actually interesting. And this is about kind of UX, is in order for people to use these tokens, of course, they have to pay gas, right? And so a lot of people, though, who are not in the crypto space already are going to have no idea what that is, right? They're going to be able to get a wallet with one click via um, Reddit's wallet. I forget what that's called. It's called called Vault. Vault, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then what they can do is instead of having to go like use Coinbase or whatever and like buy some ETH and do KYC and all these things uh, and then like transfer it over and all that kind of stuff inside of Reddit, you can uh, and inside that wallet, you can just click to this. It's called um, FTX pay uh, and it'll immediately just buy the ETH for you. Um, I do think that you need an FTX account. So you still probably have to do some KYC actually. Um, but anyway, it just does it right in the app and it, it like buys like $5 worth of ETH for you. And then now you have, uh, the gas to do whatever the heck it is that you are going to do with these tokens. Um, so it just kind of makes it seamless and sort of walks them through it, which is really nice. So, you know, a power power team here, we have Arbitrum FTX and Reddit all working together to create social communities with tokens. And, um, that's going to be a really, really big deal. I don't know when. Yep.
1: Good question here. So, uh, when you say use these tokens, are these transfer transferable tokens?
0: I believe so. I didn't really say, that, but I think so. I feel
1: like they shouldn't be right. Like, if it's a this is based upon your contribution to a community, then true. I would assume that you have to earn these points. Like, if you can just go buy these, right?
0: S- Right. So they might not be available on like, let's say Uniswap or something, but what it is, is you can, because it's in your wallet, you can go and interact with other things and prove that you have X amount of That's tokens right. and do things outside right. of Reddit. That's right. I think the unlock here. Right. So the um, so unlock is,
1: yeah. So like uh, Nike is like, oh, we want to allow certain you know, members of a community access to something that we build well you have to have this many community tokens to community points from reddit in order to access this nike uh shoe that we did in partnership with reddit
0: correct or reddit wants to host some big conference or event for all their top contributors amongst all communities and you You got to prove you have x amount of tokens you can token gate it
1: based upon the number of tokens right yeah
0: yeah Yeah, so these are valueless
1: this this isn't about like because once i saw ftx and i didn't quite understand but I well,
0: s- I don't know if it's valueless because if you go on CoinGecko right now, you can see these tokens, the old versions they have, they had value. So no. I, I don't know. We're gonna have to look further into this. And if anyone knows, feel free to reach out to us. Um, it doesn't yeah. show it in any of the articles that I saw. No, I, I didn't it see well. it either.
1: I was playing. But I know the old ones. Um, see
0: if you knew. <laughs> <laughs> I know the old ones did have a value. So um, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, if you want to talk about value, check this out. Um, BlackRock, which is the largest, um, I don't know what you call them, investment firm or whatever um, in the world. It's like mm-hmm. they have like trillions of dollars of assets under management. Um, they're launching a private trust offering direct Bitcoin exposure to their clients um, via a partnership with Coinbase. And what's cool about this is this is a spot Bitcoin um, trust. Ah. So it is not like a futures and stuff. And we don't even have a spot Bitcoin ETF in the US. But what's great is all the richest people in the world, which is who BlackRock partners with and who their clients are, they can now buy Bitcoin spot through this trust. Explain um, so what spot that is. is so it means you actually can buy the Bitcoin. So right. the Bitcoin, I like calling it that. So instead of like, when it's a, a futures, you're not actually buying any Bitcoin. There's a bunch of like middlemen in between. Um, you're you're just kind of betting on the future price of it. And so it doesn't actually, like it does impact the price, but to a lesser extent, a much lesser extent than if you're actually just buying the Bitcoin and holding onto it. And so that's what you're doing here is you can buy the Bitcoin and then um, BlackRock holds onto it for you essentially
1: what I, What I love so, about this was a, a year ago, BlackRock said that they that crypto wasn't the future and they weren't going to put Bitcoin on their balance sheet and they weren't going to offer it to their clients. And here we are. We should keep a list of all of the like major yeah. corporations that have said like no to crypto or no to web three and then and then we should tweet at them the moment that, and just you know remind them, right? make sure they know. <laughs>
0: I'm sure someone has that list, to be honest. I would bet somebody does. I hope. <laughs> Keeping tabs. Keeping tabs. Uh,
1: okay, email marketing platform MailChimp uh, has been cracking down on crypto content publishers this week, uh, including Decrypt, Masari, and Edge Wallet. Uh, w- what? What, what is going on here? Is, is MailChimp trying to be the boomer of Web2? <laughs>
0: yeah, basically. Well... Here's the interesting thing is we have a client that was moving off of Substack yeah. and they were looking to, oh, actually, no, it was an NFT project that we were working with, with our agency first. And, um, we actually used MailChimp, this is about, I don't know, half, half a year ago or something. And we set up MailChimp and the first email we went to send out as a test had NFT or crypto in it and MailChimp restricted us and blocked us. And we are like, wait, what? And we asked why. And they're like, yeah, we uh, we don't we don't allow crypto stuff on our platform. I was like, what is wrong with you? Um and so we had to go away from them. And then we use like, I think active campaign or something. And we had a client who was a newsletter going to switch off. They were gonna use MailChimp. We're like, no, 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 don't do that. They won't, they won't allow it. Their excuse is that um it's bad for the email algorithm to put these words because they're like not they're frowned upon words, and so they don't want your deliverability so to be bad, is what they're or saying. Is- and I was is, like, "Is okay. it them
1: protecting themselves? Because
0: it maybe it impacts all of Mailchimp's
1: deliverability."
0: Well, it's none of that. So what I end up looking at is who owns Mailchimp is the first thing I googled. Okay. And guess Good who call. owns Mailchimp? Um, shit, I gotta remember the I name now. But the I don't know. It's <laughs> hold on. Microsoft. No, 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 no. They're they own uh Intuit. Intuit, that's it. into ah. you know Intuit. Yeah, Intuit. And they're, who owns? Um, they, like, own a bunch of big uh, fintech companies. And then who yeah, owns yeah, into yeah. It? Do you know who owns Intuit? No. A bunch of bankers and a bunch of banks. <laughs> mm. So what do you think's happening here? It has nothing to do with MailChimp. It has nothing to do with email deliverability. It has everything to do with bankers who are scared, and they're just trying to pull whatever they can to slow this stuff down. So MailChimp, if you can see this video, I'm giving you the finger right now because you are fucked <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, everyone listening to this, get rid of your Mailchimp accounts. Go over yeah. to ActiveCampaign, uh which is way better anyway. Mailchimp is trash. Um HubSpot, uh what else is there? Do you know any other ones, Jay? I just want to name uh, off every competitor of Mailchimp. Every
1: um uh what's the one that I I can't think right now. I'm blanking.
0: Okay, there's there's another Send one, blue, so... Mailjet. <laughs> I have no idea if any of those ones are good. ActiveCampaign is the one I really like. But anyway, Uh, MailChimp, you suck. All right. We're on to NFTs. There was some big news, though, eh? A couple big ones. That's all it was. But off to NFTs.
1: There was was some, yeah, there was some big news this week. NFTs. Okay. Let's talk about what happened with Moonbirds and CC0. So it was about a week ago, August 4th. Yeah, exactly a week ago, that Moonbirds announced uh, that they were going CC0. So... Let's break this down. First, what is CC0? Well, first, actually, before I say what is CC0, let's just talk about what the previous IP rights were of Moonbirds. So when you launch a NFT project, the create creator of that NFT, whoever created that art, they own the IP of that art. So in this case, uh, Moonbirds was created by Proof. So Proof owns the IP of all Moonbirds. Uh, same way Yuga Labs, who owns Board Ape Yacht Club, owns the IP of all apes. What happens is a lot of these NFTs popularized by Board Ape Yacht Club have licensed the IP to the NFT holders. So what they've said is, okay, we are going to give you a commercial license where if you own the NFT, you have full full commercial rights to then go and commercialize that NFT. So you can go and you can take your Ape uh, or your Moonbird, and you can put it on a T-shirt and you can sell it. And you can put it in a movie. Uh, you can open a restaurant and use it as the logo. Uh, whatever you want, you can commercialize it, but only you own that IP. No one else can do that. So Moonbirds was that type of project. The holders, myself included, owned the IP of our project, of, of our NFT. And then somewhat out of nowhere, Kevin Rose and the Proof Team came out and said, that is no longer the case. We are moving to CC0 public license. CC0 is Creative Commons Zero. Essentially what CC0 does is it puts it into the public domain, meaning that anyone can now use Moonbird's branding in any way they please. Anybody can put it on a T-shirt and sell it. Anybody can put it in a movie. Anybody can make a video game and put it in a video game. It's just open season. Uh, And there was a really negative reaction as a result of this. The Moonbird community was quite upset. Um, I think there's a a few takes on this. Uh, First is this really sucks for anybody that was planning that had active plans to commercialize their Moonbird. However, that is a very. I believe that that is a very small percentage of holders. I do not think that many were planning to do that. Now, at the same time, uh, when you take something away from somebody, they don't like it. They don't like. They don't like that being taken away from. So naturally, a lot of people were upset about this. Personally, I think this was an overreaction. I think there's a lot of irony in here that a they what, what Moonbirds did was fully decentralize their brand, which is great for Web3. That's what we're trying to do here. CC0 is the ultimate way of decentralizing art. It's the ultimate way of decentralizing a brand. They're saying, hey, we're going to open it up to public domain. Anyone can use it. And great, but they did it in a centralized way. So that was where there was a lot of pushback was they didn't ask the community for their involvement in this. They didn't even ask the community if they would be okay with this. They just went and did it. There was nothing so it was kind in of discord. No, nothing, nothing. That's so it was crazy. like very, very like great irony. It's like the most centralized decision to decentralize something just,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: mean, yeah, you try and wrap your head around that. Um, some other takes here though. Let's just talk for a second about like why you would go CC zero. Okay. So why would you go CC zero? Well, You would go CC0 if you believe that what you are building is something that the rest of the world wants to participate in and wants to proliferate. One of the biggest examples of this being the Mona Lisa. So the Mona Lisa is so old that it is now in public domain. It is CC0, right? So anybody can reprint the Mona Lisa, right? I can reprint the Mona Lisa on a t-shirt. I can reprint it. I can do prints of it. I could literally sell prints of the Mona Lisa, right? Does that mean that the Mona Lisa is less valuable because I go out and reprint the Mona Lisa? No, actually the opposite is happening in this case, right? All that does is increase the value of the Mona Lisa. You get more eyeballs on it, more people see it. They, they desire it more. So the original actually becomes more valuable. And that is certainly what Proof and Moonbirds believe is going to happen here is by doing this, there is more value. Also, Proof and Moonbirds long-term play has always been metaverse. And so I think that there is a part of their plan here. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, I believe, when we talked about how everyone's building their own metaverse, when really that's just a bunch of mini-verses. And what we need is one metaverse and that it will be what there is, is one that we can all play in. And so by doing this, they've built I think they're taking steps to building that one metaverse by opening up the art. Maybe anybody can use their art in any metaverse, really. And the other thing is, I think Kevin Rose is a bit of beef because Kevin Rose built Reddit before Reddit. He built Diggs, but his didn't take off. Reddit took off. And in the beginning, a lot of the features that he created on Diggs were just Stolen basically by other web two companies. So I think his belief is that, okay, let's do it differently in web three Let's just not own anything because if you don't own it mm-hmm. Then you don't have to police it and you don't have to worry about that that whole side of your business, right? You can just like let it go, which obviously policing uses a brand like other than Disney Nobody has the money to go and chase people who are proliferating their brand, right? right. So
0: it's uh Yeah, Didn't I mean, it's the, big the news. second Moonbirds. Collection come out and just took off, or what happened with that? Was like that, within, just a quick thing.
1: With it was quick, yeah. So within like minutes of this happening, somebody launched Moonbirds V two and uh, and I think basically a bunch of people made a lot of money. I saw it get up to like point, I think it got up to like point one ETH or something like that. But now it's gone. So I mean, oh, it's not it? gone, but uh, that's it. Okay. You know, so like it's it's not like, and that's interesting, right? Because you would have thought. I think that's proof proof that like if if somebody can just go and launch a Moonbirds V two, which they did, so you could literally own the exact same Moonbird, right? Uh, well, if that if that took off, then it would have really devalued the original Moonbirds, but it didn't take off, right? It only did for a hot second and then disappeared.
0: So, well, um, I mean, the Moonbirds and floor that's because... has dropped though has it yeah but the reason the other one doesn't gain any traction there or doesn't have any is because there's no community behind the other one mm-hmm. there is no big team yep. and money behind the other one that's going to build this big metaverse like again nfts are just a form of equity or form of brand or form mm-hmm. of whatever it is for a business and so it would be stupid to just join a business of some random person who's just copying some other one yep. that has nothing behind it no roadmap no plan no anything they just made it in seconds like it just of course it's not gonna hold any value you totally know? totally in and, a bull market in, though that thing would have went to like 20 ETH guaranteed every single one of those in a bull market so <laughs> in bear market though you get the real you get the real numbers which is nice uh,
1: and in, in the same week x copy who is one of the most well-known and famous nft artists he also went cc0 and applied it to all of his existing art along with, um, I think those are the two main ones that happened last week, but Mm -hmm. there's some other, I mean, nouns DAO Nouns is the biggest example of CC0. Uh, One take I just wanna share here was um, Dom Hoff uh, on Twitter said, uh, opening up IP rights to a world is analogous to protocolizing it. That is opening it up for others to build upon but that permission doesn't have to carry into every derivative in other words an ip's l1 can be cc0 but it's l2s do not need to be right and the, the best example of this is sherlock holmes which sherlock holmes was not was was privately owned there's something around like uh death of like a create when a creator dies within a certain period um afterwards it's no longer it becomes public domain and about 10 years ago uh sherlock holmes became public domain and a whole bunch of like spin-off tv shows started coming out and they started creating it shakespeare is another example that is public domain right now when all these shakes when all these sherlock holmes spin-offs came out they are private they own the ip that layer two version is Mm -hmm. you cannot that's not cc zero it's the original that's cc zero
0: interesting very interesting i like the layer one layer two um (laughs) yeah example there kind of it it makes much more sense actually and if you want to learn more about this we actually have a podcast coming out and i think another week maybe two weeks Mm -hmm. um with zeneca from zen academy Uh, where we did a deep dive in nfts and oh man this was an amazing discussion um and we we do dive into some of this as well um but uh definitely look forward to that it's coming soon um what's this you can skip this
1: one kai you can skip this uh just i think one point to make is Uh, Who else is CC0? Uh, Crypto, Cryptodes is CC0. Blipmap, I think, was like the original CC0, along with Nouns. Nouns is definitely worth checking out if you haven't checked that out. There is some good examples of CC0. We're just so early. Who knows what it does for the value of the NFT, but who knows if NFT should be valued at $100,000, $300,000 anyways. Maybe, maybe not.
0: Right. So we talked about Reddit and now back to Instagram and Facebook. We've already talked about this announcement before of them introducing digital collectibles um, inside of Instagram. They were only doing it with a select few creators, um, but come uh, on August 4th, they announced that they are expanding, which means good things are happening, Uh, but they're expanding to 100 countries in Africa, Asia Pacific, the Middle East, and the Americas. Uh, Additionally, we now support wallet connections with the Coinbase wallet and Dapper, as well as the ability to post digital collectibles. Minted on the Flow blockchain. So now they have mm-hmm. Ethereum, Polygon, and Flow, and they're integrated into wallets like Rainbow, MetaMask, Trust Wallet, Coinbase Wallet, Dapper Wallet. Um, so, like Instagram, and I assume Facebook uh, very soon, just like what happened last time they did this, mm-hmm. um, is really starting to integrate into Ethereum. And um, I actually just tweeted about this scheduled one. I don't even know if it's out yet. Um, but we now have Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, and who is the other? Twitter, who are all building on top of Ethereum, right? Ethereum (laughs) Minutes Layer 2s. How amazing is that, right? This technology is six years old and you have the biggest companies in the world that are all building on top of it. Um, That is really, really cool. And then you have YouTube and Snapchat who have announced already this year that they are doing the same Um, and they're not competing against it, right? They are not competing with our existing blockchains like Ethereum and Polygon, they are integrating into it, mm-hmm. and when you integrate in something, it becomes extremely, extremely valuable. Because what's happening here is if this feature takes off. Instagram relies on Ethereum for its service, right? Instagram relies on Polygon for its service, and that makes that makes that protocol extremely, extremely valuable. Um, so that is just super, super cool. Hey, hey, listeners, do you do you think that Kyle's bullish on Ethereum? <laughs> I, I, it's not even Ethereum I meant just Web3 in general but Ethereum is just where they're all doing it um, for good reason <laughs> wait till we get to the merge talk actually just uh, yeah. coming out next this week too this guy's Ethereum gonna merge. be jumping through the screen and out of the podcast watch out <laughs> <laughs> rentable <laughs> NFTs what are these? Rentable Ooh, NFTs, erc, ERC 49 yeah yeah
1: yeah this is exciting I think this is really this is I mean, a big unlock for um, for for the power of, of NFTs. I actually talked about how we needed to figure this out about a month ago. So, right now, when you when, if you own an NFT, right, y- you might. Not want to use that NFT, so like we talk so much about the utility of NFTs, right? NFTs provide so much utility, it provides you access to uh, a Discord, access to a community, might provide you access to an event, to tickets, it might get you access to merch. Um, you know, token gating is such a big part of NFTs, but let's say that you buy an NFT and you don't actually care about that access, right? You don't actually want that access, like, or maybe. You maybe you're not even in New York and that's where the event is happening. Well, now what you can do with this new smart contract ERC 4907 is you can rent your NFT. So you could rent it out to somebody on chain and basically the way this, this smart contract works is, it just puts a time on your on your rental. So you just, you basically assign, okay, I'm gonna give my NFT, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give my NFT to kylereadhead.eth for five days. And in five days, the smart contract instantly sends the NFT back to its original owner.
0: And they need to make a transaction or a payment in order for that to happen. Right, so they, they build gotta, that they in the smart contract. Yeah, okay. um, this so this is sort of a version of this exists on uh, in Axie Infinity where you can rent out your um, uh, your NFT, but it's not via like a smart contract where it comes back or like Mm -hmm. you need a transaction. It's basically you get to split anything earned um, via that NFT. So a little Mm. bit different, but I mean, I'll tell you what's going to happen with this. ERC 4907 is what disrupts Airbnb 100% because real estate is all going to be tokenized via an NFT. And now you can just rent out your, your house um, via an NFT. Bye-bye Airbnb. We don't need you to do the payments anymore. Uh, We're good. So I was just going to say
1: bye-bye Blockbuster, but. They already, sorry, guys, you, 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 yeah, right. NGMI.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Coca-Cola. I mean, big brands. I'm assuming this is an NFT launch. Yes. It is. Jay, you want to yeah. give us the rundown here?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Coca-Cola launched a generative and uh, shareable, again, collectible. We are using language very carefully here. We're not calling them NFTs anymore. Well, I shouldn't say mm. that, but calling them collectible um, for international friendship day. It was actually a year ago for international friendship day that Coca-Cola launched their first NFT. And they've basically done, I want to say like five to 10 NFT collections over the last year, all around large international days that fit their brand. Friendship is a big part of Coca-Cola's brand. And so they launched this NFT. What is unique about this one? I believe I I actually haven't seen it other than I've seen a lot of Coca-Cola ads for it, but is it, it's a generative piece uh, and it was made by an artist and they were air, Oh, they were airdropped to current. Yeah, oh, they were airdropped really into the that.
0: previous people from last year. The ones you were just talking about, they just airdropped into them in the spirit of friendship, um, which is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. So good go- good job Coca-Cola of not trying to make some money off these NFTs, but instead mm-hmm. doing it to show something cool that you can do with NFTs. No digital collectibles. <laughs> feeling that. Isn't the title of this section NFT utility? Do we have to change that? The thing is, is like, but NFTs are so much more than collectibles. That's just a section of it, which by the way, we have a framework coming out for NFTs. We need Mm. to turn that into like an infographic. Um, Hopefully we can do it before that episode comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We also
1: mentioned that 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 NFT that Coca-Cola did was on Polygon. Just want to mention that because again, to your point, Kai, more and more being built on top of Ethereum. And Polygon is obviously part of the Ethereum ecosystem. Solutions, Um,
0: which by the way, on Polygon, did I already? We already say we just launched a a new episode on Polygon, Mm. uh, where we interviewed Polygon ID and Polygon uh, Hermes, uh, which is basically the team that built the first Polygon zk EVM, um, first zk EVM actually, and um, it was a. We tried our hardest to explain zero knowledge proofs and what that unlocks in the sense of using uh, identity. We tried our hardest to explain this in a very simple way. So check it out. Um, There are definitely some technical components. It's very difficult to explain ZK, um, but uh, thank you to those from Polygon um, that both came on and and did their best to explain it in in a very simple way uh, or as simple as possible. So um, guild, guild. Uh, guild.xyz, which is a tool we're using in Web3 Academy DAO. Um, mm-hmm. basically what it is, the tool where you can connect your wallet and you can give roles inside of discord. That was like, it's, uh, I believe that was its first like function that it wanted to yeah. do. Um, yeah. and what they have just launched now is platform membership. So they have now integrated, not just into discord, but telegram, Twitter, Google workspace, GitHub, steam, and, uh, and across 17 chains, um, as well as web three protocols like POAP mirror and snapshot, except snapshot, uh, Etc. And basically what this does is you can create a membership. So in the web two world, you have a membership and it's basically typically tied to like one, um, one application, right? It's kind of as far as it goes. And this is allowing you to integrate your membership seamlessly across any platform because they also have a what do you call it sdk or something where you can put it on like any site so like you can basically integrate it into wordpress and all that kind of stuff as well um i forget what they call that uh and so now you can have memberships that just like move around with you across the internet right which is really really cool you can start gaining access of stuff here you can let people join this community here or receive these tweets Or um, you can gate like Google Docs now and like Mm -hmm. certain sheets inside of a Google Sheet. Um, So just so many cool things you can do based off of what's in your wallet. So tokens, NFTs, all that kind of stuff. Um, Unlock Protocol also is building something similar to this, Um, but I actually saw Guild and Unlock are looking to partner up. So I'm not sure exactly what that means, Um, but there's something going on there as well. So that is- I don't don't think people yet realize the- magnitude Mm. of this
1: this is Mm. huge the problem is the ux of this is so shit right now that setting this up and using this is so difficult that nobody's really using it but like we are I, i just imagine you're you have a membership which like most businesses and creators do and your membership is i don't know maybe it's who knows what platform it's on maybe it's on Google using you know an email address, or maybe it's on Discord, or maybe it's uh, you know on another platform. Well, you can't you can't track those members across platforms, right? But now you have one way to connect access across all your membership, so you can have you can people log in once using a wallet. And then they can access your Discord. They can access your website. They can access your events. They can access, you know, however you can access your articles. They can access your music. They can access your video content. Right? Like this is, uh, this is massive. I just don't think people see the use cases yet. Or and also again, the UX
0: is so shit. It's difficult to use this. I stuff. mean, so the UX is shit, but it's not terrible with Guild. So like. For example, you can join our yeah. Discord, um, like Web3 Academy DAO Discord, and the last step of the onboarding experience is just connect your wallet. All mm-hmm. you do is connect your wallet, and when you click on certain emojis of the like the guild or the section or the department you want to be a part of, um, it just adds it as a role into your sort of guild profile, yeah. which is connected to your wallet, and now you have these roles, right? And it's fairly easy to do that and then now if i want to go to another site i can just again connect my wallet and it just auto reads it totally um which is which i mean in the web2 world you can the way you have to do is using zapier right or zapier yeah Um, and that's a pain in the ass too right you have to pay for that and whatever so like it's it's not far off of what's possible in web2 already but it also has so many more um uh, features and things and possibilities once it's got that good ux that you're you're kind of talking about
1: do you think Gorley's hard to say, Zapier or Zapier or however they, the heck you say that one? Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> oh, look Somebody. at this next. <laughs> <laughs> we are on to the ones and twos. And uh, and yeah, so here's the announcement is um, Proof of Stake was finalized on Gorley, Go Early, whatever you wanna call it, last night. Um, there was some confusion. So when it first happened, it actually didn't happen immediately. And so people were very, very scared. Um, you could watch it like live stream. I know Bankless was live streaming it, um, and uh, it didn't finalize right, right away. It actually took some time, and that's because um, there were some um, some blocks, essentially some terminal blocks that were not updated, and some nodes that were not updated. So it had nothing to do with the blockchain itself. So with like the girly um, gorly test net, what it was was the 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 applications and the 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 nodes which are like the the validators and the verifiers Mm -hmm. that are kind of on top of it and that are using gorly they needed to update their software and some of them had either updated it wrong or didn't update it at all and so when it's not updated those can't connect in and you need a certain amount in order for it to get like finalized um so this will like even when the the real merge comes which by the way now um is is going to be happening september 19th throughout that week um uh, basically, what happens here is it's not just like the merge goes from proof of work, or sorry, Ethereum mainnet goes from proof of work to proof of stake. It's everyone verifying it, and then all the applications and the wallet providers, like all these kind of things, they have to update their code for this as well. And so, um, there's going to be potentially some confusion when it happens. Uh, as a user, you won't notice anything, so don't worry. There's just other people at play here, and that's why, like when it looks like, oh, there were some issues and stuff. It's not necessarily the blockchain that had it, it's just the things that are built on top of it. Um, so just be aware of that.
1: So there's been some thud around the Ethereum merge and talk about forks and is it gonna fork? And what does that mean? What's what's going on for that? Break, it, break that down yeah. for us, Kai.
0: Yeah, so what's happening here is, this actually happened with Bitcoin a while ago too. So I forget what year it was, but um, there was a bunch of people who thought that Bitcoin needed to, I think it was like, increase their block size so that it would have lower fees. And um, and basically what happened was the community forked Bitcoin into Bitcoin Cash. Um, and you had a bunch of people that went over there to that. And then you continued to have the people that were on the normal Bitcoin. Um, but what happens when you fork is um, whatever assets you have, right? So Bitcoin, let's say you had two Bitcoin, you also then had two Bitcoin over on Bitcoin Cash, And they're worth the same thing at that moment. And whoever sells it first on whichever one, it depends on which one makes it. Maybe Bitcoin Cash could have made it. It did. I mean, it's still around, but like no one uses it. Um, But you get to sell those tokens and it's basically free money. A lot of people made a lot of money from that. And so there's talk of this happening with Ethereum because we're basically getting rid of miners. And there's a lot of miners out there right now. And that equipment is expensive. And they're about to lose a revenue stream. And so they're not super happy about that. And so, what they're saying they're going to do is they're going to fork Ethereum when this happens and continue to have ETH POW, is what it's called. Okay. Um, so, basically, just a fork of ETH. And I just want to make sure everyone's aware that the miners are not doing this because they think it's better and that, you know, they're going to build a brand new ecosystem here on Ethereum or <laughs> that everyone's going to move over. Like, that's not going to happen. They know it. But what they're going to do is dump on retail. And so, there's going to be a lot of people because Um, and we'll talk about the merge another time, but a lot of people that are going to come into this, they're all excited and they're going to start buying ETH POW because it's something new and it's the next, it's the next Ethereum killer. And miners are going to take that. And they're just going to dump all the ETH that they're mining. And everyone who's buying these tokens is basically going to have this token that ends up going to zero eventually. Okay. This happens with ETH classic as well. There's still people that are mining that and still dumping on people. So first of all, If this does happen, it's not for sure it's going to, but do not get caught in this trap. If this happens, be grateful because you might get double your ETH and just sell it right away on the ETH POW uh, because I don't want to see you get wrecked. Now, the interesting thing that happens here with Ethereum is when I explained what happened with Bitcoin, the only asset on Bitcoin is BTC. So it was very easy, right? You just sell your your BTC and away you go. There's no apps built on Bitcoin. There's no other assets. Well, Ethereum is a little bit different there's tens of thousands of protocols and tens of thousands of assets. So all your assets will move over to ETH POW. And so let's say you have hundred uni tokens, you can sell hundred uni tokens. Um, And where this gets really weird is um, when those tokens are backed by something in the real world. So if you think of USDC or Tether, those are Mm -hmm. also going to get forked over. And so now what happens? There's going to be a bunch of USDC or a bunch of USDT. Yeah. USDT, I believe it's called or mm-hmm. UST, whatever their thing is. Um, UST, and yeah. UST. And that is not going to have anything backed. And so that is a very weird, um, hmm. weird scenario that's going to happen. And so there may be some volatility in a bunch of assets uh, immediately, and it'll be in the first like couple of minutes probably when this merge happens. So now... Circle USDC, this is the company that owns USDC, and Tether have both came out and put out public statements um, saying that they support uh, Ethereum proof of stake in the merge. And so, the assets that they back are the assets which are on proof of stake, not the ones that are on proof of work. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a thousand or ten thousand or whatever you have, even twenty dollars of USDC on proof of work. Get rid of those because they will not. They don't have value. There's nothing backing those, uh, and that is same with Tether. They said the same thing. So just be careful because what's going to happen? Don't start using DeFi stuff on this proof of work because a lot of DeFi is backed and collateralized by USDT and USDC, and so if well, as soon as they merge all these stuff over and they fork it, DeFi is just going to implode on you on uh, ETH uh, proof of work. Okay. Um, so again, don't start playing around and trying to get whatever, just stay off of that and stick with uh, POS because that's what all of the centralized companies that are have built on top of Ethereum are supporting. Um, so that's the one that's going to be the real chain. Now, maybe something happens and like everyone all of a sudden goes, screw it. We're going with the proof <laughs> of work. If that happens, I'm really sorry. Uh, but like basically everyone <laughs> has come out and said, we are in support of proof. Of stake. I don't think so. so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. There's maybe a 0.0001% chance if it does. So oh,
1: what, no. what will happen to ETH? There will be ETH and then there'll be ETH POS. And then as you said, there'll be ETH POW possibly. No, no, no. no.
0: There will just be ETH. There won't be an ETH there POS. It will just be ETH. And then there'll be an ETH POW. I thought you were yeah.
1: saying there will also be an ETH POS. I was like, whoa, what?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's only the one that's being forked uh, over. Yeah. They will have to change the names and it'll be ETH whatever they call it, probably ETHPRO okay. is what it seems. So the moral of the story here is there's going to be some confusion. Uh, thankfully, you listened to the Web3 Academy podcast. And so you are no longer confused. You know to stick with the proof of stake blockchain. Uh, and if you have any assets over on the proof of work, just get rid of them, make some money and great. You're welcome. We're all happy. Uh, it also is a good reason to start stacking ETH right now because whatever you have now is going to get duplicated.
1: <laughs>
0: just another possibly, reason to stack Possibly. Yeah, let's yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. You got some updates uh, for
1: us, Jay? Yeah, let's talk about the community, uh, our community, uh, Web3 Academy community. Uh, lots going on. Just want to give some shout outs. Uh, first off, shout out to anybody who provided news for us uh, today. Uh, I think the Blue Bar gave us some news. Um, Ian gave us some news. Uh, Tim, I believe, gave us some news. Anyone else that I missed, Kai? I think that's sure. uh, lots of people giving us news, keep posting news. We can't share it all. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, and one great reason to be in the Web3 Academy community in our Discord is you don't have to wait to the weekly roll-up to see the news. You can read the news throughout the week. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome to the 46 new members who joined us this week. If you're listening to this, shout out. So happy to have you. And thanks to the six new members who joined our weekly meet and greet Uh, made some sweet new web three friends yesterday Uh, next meet and greet is next wednesday at 6 p.m eastern Uh, we do a meet and greet in the community every week Uh, great way to meet people and to see what's going on and learn about the community uh, we also have some cool upcoming sandbox sessions. Sandbox sessions are all about what would you build in web three. It's an opportunity to brainstorm, to talk about a focused project uh, and to really learn together uh, with like a diverse group. So uh, we've got one, pro- one session about an AI project that's focused on assisting traders to make data back decisions in DeFi. Uh, and they're looking for really some feedback on project management and developing this this product? How do you go through those phases? How do you take a startup from like vision to reality? Really interesting to see all these startups that are looking for that type of feedback, not necessarily like web three feedback, but like business feedback as well. Lots of that happening in the, in the sandbox sessions. And then we have another sandbox sessions. This is a really interesting one that'll be next week uh, or two weeks from now about how to do biz dev in web three because of the challenges of talking to somebody, a potential customer who doesn't even know what Web3 is. And so like, how do you Mm -hmm. cross that chasm of like uh, giving somebody the education they need to understand Web3 while also trying to do some biz dev to possibly sell them your services or sell them your product? Really interesting, excited for that. We also launched a writer's playground in our Discord this past week. I think we've already got about 20 writers in there. We're looking for writers who want to create content and possibly join us in creating more content and onboarding more people to Web3. Uh, so join the Writers Playground. And there are some in real life meetups. We're not just digital. We're also starting to do in real life meetups in the community. Talk about a meetup in Toronto, Vancouver, and New York. Uh, and I'm sure that just that channel just started like four days ago. So I'm sure there will be many more happening all around the world uh, in the coming uh, months. Uh, Web3 Academy DAO, also some super, super exciting stuff happening there. We've got uh, 98, actually, I think I said 98, and then I just looked right before this and there's actually 99 during this podcast, we had one more person join the Dow. Um, so if you're a new member and you're joining the Dow, it can be quite intimidating and you might not know what to do and how to get involved. So, uh, After you onboard and you get into the DAO and the channels are open for you, if you can't figure out how to do that, send myself or Kyle a message in Discord or just post in our Discord chat and we'll help you out. Um, But once you're there, go to the DAO chat channel and we'll help you find your role. Just raise your hand. Hey, I'm new here. Introduce yourself. We'll help you find a role. Uh, Help! Lots of projects happening. One new one that just started this week was the diversity and inclusion project. Really excited about that. Uh, and if you haven't already done so, follow Web Three Academy down on Twitter. We've got a new Twitter, and we could use some followers. Just started, I think,
0: yesterday. First tweet went out today. That's All right, right, we got uh we're about to wrap up the episode but we have a funny take, a hot take, and then we have a web3 person of the week, is that what it is today, Jay? Person of the month. Person of the month. Person yeah, of the yeah. month, sorry, person of the month. So this is hilarious. I'll try to explain it to uh to those not watching but that are listening. So there's some beef between OpenSea, Magic Eden, and LooksRare is <laughs> coming in on it. So these are the NFT marketplaces, the biggest in the space. And so Magic Eden puts out this video um, where they're basically comparing the differences and similarities between Ethereum and Solana. And I guess in this video, they said something about um, uh, TopShot being on Ethereum, which is not on Ethereum at all. And so OpenSea just responds and tweets at them and says, TopShot is a notable Ethereum project like as a joke and says, this is what happens when you don't do your own research at Magic Eden. And so Magic Eden responds to them today and says, oh, right, that's why my Top Shot NFTs never got frozen, because OpenSea blocked anyone who had been using Tornado Cash. And then Looks Rare jumps into the conversation and shares the meme of the two girls fighting with the guy kind of watching in the background, just uh, smoking on smoking a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, what a great little conversation here, little memes with, uh, with Looks rare, Magic Eden, and OpenSea. You know what, this is going to continue to be a thing because yeah. – uh, They're only going to grow. They're going to become beasts, uh, the three of them in this space. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be funny to watch this play out. And I'm glad they're having fun with it over Twitter. Um, Magic Eden, well done. Looks rare. Well done as well. Coming in with that. That was killer. Um, Yeah, what, like $2.7
1: billion of NFTs uh, traded uh, or purchased in the last six months? And you know, no wonder they're fighting, right? Like there's, yeah, there's, yeah, the, right. and it's just the beginning. There's a lot of a lot of money to be had here. Uh, but Absolutely. one thing I just got to give a shout out for Web three is thank you to all of these guys for only charging. Uh, I can't remember their exact take rates: two point five or three percent. Two point five percent. Thank you for not being. Apple or YouTube uh, or Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, 100%. Apple, 30%. YouTube, I think also 30%. I can't exactly remember. Thank you. Thank you for being Web3. Lower take
0: rates great. I bet that take rate goes to zero. Guaranteed. Ooh, okay. Hot take. Hot take. Ooh, hot take. <laughs> um, Jay, who is our Web3 person of the month? Our Web3 well, person month is...
1: Alona Shevchenko. Alona Shevchenko. I think I said that right. Uh, I hope so. Uh, we have nominated Alona and picked Alona because she is just a Web three rock star, but also a diversity and inclusion and equality rock star, which we need more of in the world and in the Web three space. We're really pushing that. We're so excited about that. Uh, let me tell you a bit about Alona. Alona is the co-founder of Ukraine DAO. If you haven't heard of Ukraine DAO, you might have been living under a rock. Uh, but basically, Ukraine DAO has raised $8 million uh, and donated it all to Ukraine, uh, to organizations that are supporting Ukraine in their fight in this war against Russia. Uh, So incredible that they've raised $8 million uh, and they've done it all on chain and all the Web3 way, Uh, fantastic. Uh, And really just incredible to see somebody so young. I don't exactly know how young Alona is, but I'm pretty sure she's in her 20s. Uh, and maybe her early 20s you're talking about somebody who is young and has stepped up and done you know just an incredible thing for the world uh for those for fighting for their freedom uh shout out ilona thanks for everything you do keep crushing it keep rocking it uh we got your back and one thing i want to say is you can uh uh, I noticed that you can buy Alona a coffee right now. Uh, buy me a coffee as a way to uh, donate to her and her cause. Uh, and we at Web3 Academy are going to be buying you a coffee, Alona. So shout out,
0: keep it up, rockstar. And if you want to follow her on Twitter, it is at crypto, D-R-F-T-N-G. crypto drifting. I don't know what that is, crypto drafting, whatever, short form for something. But uh, also the link will be below in the show notes. That's a wrap, Jay. That's our, that's our podcast for this week.
1: You good one, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Everybody have a wonderful week. Can't wait to see you next week. we got so many, so much exciting stuff happening. So many things happening at web three Academy system. If you're not already following our newsletter, please do. And if you could take a minute right now and you are still listening, I'm guessing you like our podcast. So please just give us a rating on Facebook, spotify or apple podcast uh it's a huge help to us and a huge help to the entire web3 ecosystem we're trying to onboard millions we're trying to onboard billions we had a long way to go here folks uh, and we need more people to be listening to the podcast and if you give us a rating it's going to bump us up and get us to the top of the charts and we would be much obliged thanks for being you keep spreading good
0: vibes keep smiling you're, you're wonderful i love you guys Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. By the way, if you have yet to join the Discord community, you are missing out. This is where all the magic happens. This is where we learn, where we ask questions, where we network. Uh, You want to be in there. The link to join is in the description below. And finally, a quick disclaimer.